0: amen if you would get your bibles and turn with me to judges chapter 16 amen thank you to everyone that has made their way out to living hope today if you're a guest here my wife and i would love to have just a couple of minutes following the service to greet you to meet you certainly to all of our friends on facebook that have joined us today Uh, by way of uh, technology we welcome you Amen. We wish you could be here with us. But thank you for joining us from wherever you're at. Judges chapter 16. The Bible says it came to pass afterward that Samson loved the woman in the valley of Sarek, whose name was Delilah. The lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, entice Samson. Find out where his great strength lieth. By what means we may prevail against him that we may bind him to afflict him. We will give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. Down to verse 16. It came to pass when Delilah pressed Samson daily with the words and urged him so that Samson's soul was vexed unto death. He told her all of his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb if I be shaven Then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all of his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. and She made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man. She caused that man to shave off the seven locks of Samson's head. Delilah began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. Amen. You may be seated. In the lore of college football, it is simply known as the play. The game that would be decided by this incredible play took place on November the 20th, 1982, between the arch rivals, the University of Stanford, the Cardinals, and the University of California, the Golden Bears, This would be the 85th time that these two teams would meet on the field of battle, and there were postseason bowl invitations on the line. Stanford phenom senior quarterback John Elway had just led the Stanford Cardinals on an incredible last-minute drive that had started on their own 13-yard line and then culminated in a field goal that was made with only four seconds left on the clock. For all intent and purposes, the game was over. But as the Stanford kicker lined up to kick the ball, the announcer would proclaim that only a miracle can save the Bears now. The ball was received as the last second ticked off the clock. The ball carrier that was lateral to disappeared into a mass of five defenders and wrestled to the ground. The game was over. The Stanford bench rushed onto the field along with a jubilant marching band as they began to celebrate their comeback win. The only problem was (laughs) the game wasn't over because before the ball carrier had been brought to the ground, he had been able to lateral the ball to another player and that carrier was able to carry the ball through a mass of prematurely celebrating band members and rushed into the end zone for the winning touchdown The band members celebrating unknowingly their own team's defeat. (laughs) Using this historic football play as a backdrop for what I believe God would speak to us this morning. I would like to preach for a few minutes today from our text. In the book of Judges chapter 16 and from this title, The Downfall of Delilah. The Downfall of Delilah. In Judges chapter 16 verse 5. The Bible tells us that the lords or the rulers of the Philistines come to Delilah and they seek to bribe her with monetary compensation. Delilah, they tell her, if you will entice Samson, if you will find out for, from Samson what is the source of his strength and how we might prevail against him. And They went on and said, if you are able to use that knowledge and that wisdom That you procure from Samson and when we are able to bind him and to afflict him. To afflict simply means to bring someone to a place of distress by means of mental or physical pain. They were saying to Delilah that when the information that you obtain allows us to bring Samson through physical pain and mental anguish to a place that he is bound. That each of us will reward you with 1,000 one hundred pieces of silver. Commentaries tell us that there were five lords of the Philistines equating to 5,500 pieces of silver. Compared to that, the betrayal of Jesus by Judas was for a mere 30 pieces of silver. Delilah, they were saying, Samson's pain is your profit. Samson's imprisonment is your empowerment. Samson's distress is your delight and his failure is your fortune. Delilah, when we are certain that Samson is imprisoned and when we can attest with assurance that his very being is infested with pain, when we see Samson writhing in pain and we see him bound and imprisoned, then, Delilah, and only then will you be rewarded. Samson's defeat was Delilah's victory. I rise this morning to remind this congregation that your defeat is still the devil's victory. Amen, that your pain is the adversary's I don't care how much Delilah bats her her cute little eyes at you and purses her succulent lips at you, how softly and seductively Delilah whispers her promises of love and devotion. Let me remind you that Delilah is only rewarded when you are ruined. Delilah is only rewarded when your life is in ruin. Delilah is only delighted when you are destroyed. I don't care how reassuring the assurance of the adversary when he tells you that if you will just participate in his plan, that you will then be happier, that somehow then you will be more fulfilled, that if you will just take place in Delilah's delight, that then you will be better off than you were before. But never forget that your ruin is Delilah's reward. I don't care how sure you are, that this object of your affection has your best outcome at heart. She is not getting paid until you are imprisoned. It's not when she whispers I love you in your ear. It's not when she bats her cute little fake eyelashes at you and tells you how you are the apple of her eye. She's not getting paid until you are imprisoned. Your defeat. Is Delilah's victory? Make no mistake, Delilah was the tool of Samson's destruction. Let me, for just a moment, define Delilah for you this morning because many of you right now might discount yourself uh, because uh, 32, 22, 32 doesn't mean anything to you. Those are measurements if you're wondering what those numbers were. Uh, the, the, the body shape of Delilah. You think Delilah is a woman. Uh, you think Delilah is red lipsticks uh, and high heel shoes. Uh, but let me define more accurately today what Delilah is in our life today. What is this tool of the enemy that is rewarded with your ruin? Let me define Delilah as this. Anything that leads you to break your covenant with God. Anything that leads you to break your covenant with God is a tool meant for your destruction. Anything that leads you to break your vow and the commitment that you have made to the Lord, it is a Delilah in your life. And you may think because you're not attracted to red lipstick that you're free of Delilah. But Delilah could be a better job. Delilah could be more education. Delilah could be the chance of a lifetime. Delilah might be Mr. Right or Miss All That and a bag of chips. Delilah might be that show on Netflix that you can't stop binge watching. Some of you just turned your hearing aids off now. Turn the AirPod Pros on silent mode now. It doesn't matter what shape Delilah takes. If it leads you to break your commitment that you have made unto God and to backtrack on the vow that you made to the Lord, let me define for you it is a Delilah and it is a tool in the hands of your adversary. The only thing standing between Delilah's payday, 5,500 pieces of silver. The only thing standing between Delilah's payday and Samson's destruction was a covenant that Samson had made before the Lord. You see, way back in Judges chapter 13, the angel of the Lord had appeared unto a barren woman and said to that barren woman, Get ready, because your barrenness is about to give way to fruitfulness. Amen, your barren womb is about to give birth to a bouncing baby boy. Verse five, the angel says, you will conceive and you will bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. I didn't do this hairdo today as an illustration. It's just just the way I roll. (laughs) No razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And that baby boy that was promised by the angel of the Lord, that was Samson. The covenant between God and Samson was his uncut hair. This Nazarite vow was the source of his supernatural strength. And that supernatural strength that stemmed from his covenant and his Nazarite vow enabled him to do things like slay 1,000 Philistines. While having no weapon save the jawbone of a donkey. Samson would pick up the gates of a city. Amen. Just picking up a gate of a, one of those little fences, you know, that, uh, those little cheap wire fences. Is, is, I don't know that I could do that. But Samson picks up these gates of a city and carries them. Not downhill, not on flat level ground. But Samson says, I'm going to show off a little bit. And I'm going to carry them uphill. I think if you pick up the gates of a city, you don't have to show off at that point. You've already done it. But Samson says, no, we're going to walk uphill with these. And then he lays them just for no other reason but to mess with his enemy. And then Samson, out of this supernatural strength, he is able to succumb 300 foxes and tie their tails together. I don't even begin to know how you do that, but Samson did it. And after the lords of the Philistines enticed Delilah to bring about Samson's destruction, the Bible tells us she immediately goes to work to try to plot his destruction. Delilah could try everything she wanted. But as long as Samson was in covenant with God, there was nothing that she could do. She plotted and she planned. She did everything that common sense said would destroy a man. But as long as Samson was in covenant with God, she could not do anything to him. She tied him up. The Bible says she tied him up with green ropes, strong vines. She bound him with strong vines and then she shouted as the Philistines came in. Samson awakened for the Philistines come. And Samson snapped those vines as if they were just twigs bound around his arms. The next step she took is she said, I'm going to bind him with ropes. But Samson snapped those off as if they were nothing. Then she braided his hair into seven locks and she braided those locks into a loom. So if you can, I don't even know how to get us to imagine because that's not something in our culture. But she took this device and wove his hair into that device, locking him into it. And Samson, however, when the enemy came in, Samson broke that loom to pieces and snapped out of it. Because as long as Samson was in covenant with God, there was nothing the adversary could do to him. Any one of those traps... The green branches, the ropes tied around him, his hair woven in the loom. Any one of those would have been enough to snare a regular man. But when Samson was in covenant with God, what would have destroyed another man did not work against him. When you are in covenant with God the traps of the enemy will not work. Listen, child of God, you may think that the covenant you made with God is holding you back, but there's a better chance that the covenant you made with God is holding the enemy back. You may think it's what's keeping you from succeeding, but it's very likely the very thing that is keeping you from failing. Now is not the time to change your mind. Now is not the time to back up on your vow. Now is not the time to lose your commitment and your consecration. His secret was not simply his uncut hair. It was much deeper. If that were the case then GNC would be selling some kind of a kit to keep you from getting your hair cut. If that's All you had to do to have supernatural strength was don't get your hair cut. But it was deeper than just uncut hair. Because after the angel told this barren woman in verse 5, no razor should come upon his head, She go, the angel goes on and tells her, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. This extraordinary vow, this Nazarite vow, what it was, it was more than uncut hair. It was God positioning Samson for a supernatural purpose. If you will be willing to do what others around you, God may not even ask them to do it, We want to judge ourselves by others around us. Well, they got by with it, so I should be able to do it too. Well, God didn't ask that of them, so why should I have to do it? But if you will be willing to do what others may not even be asked to do, God will do things with your life that others will never be used to do. The uncommon vow was simply God positioning Samson for an uncommon purpose. Things that others around you are not required to do. And if you aren't willing to do what others aren't willing to do, then you will not be able to be what others are not able to be. Amen. Even in Samson's words in verse 17, when he shares the strength of his, the secret of his strength with Delilah, he reveals this truth. He says, If I be shaven, my strength will go from me. And I will be like any other man. He was saying if I break my covenant, if I go back on my vow, if I just do what everybody else around me is doing, then I will just be like everybody else around me. I believe in this hour God is looking for a church that isn't trying to be like a world around them. Because if you do what the world around you does, you will be like the world around you. But God is saying, I need a church that's not ashamed to be different. I'm not gauging my worship by how you worship because I don't want the anointing you've got. I want the anointing God has for my life. Well, if I can just be like them, if I can just uphold the the, the boundaries they have, if I can just uh, secure the anointing they have, that'll be good enough. But it may very well be that God is going to ask something of you. He's not asking of others around you. Because he's aligning you. He's aligning you for a greater purpose. Samson recognized the moment I tell you my secret I become like any other man and it's amazing to me how even in the church we would rather be like any other man than we would to uphold a supernatural covenant with an almighty God we would rather be average and ordinary if it means we don't have to sacrifice I come today to let the devil know I'm willing to give up anything I'm willing to do anything in order for God to use me Today, the angel of the Lord said you got to walk on one leg the rest of your life. Hop around. From now on, you're past a hoppy. Well, if you're hoppy and you know it, say amen. I'm just going to hop the rest of my... Amen. I don't care. Whatever God asks of me, Brian, there's things God has asked of me that he may not ask of you, but I'm not measuring what I do for God based on what you do for God, because my purpose is different than your purpose, and your purpose is different than my purpose. What separated Samson was his consecration. As long as I am in covenant with God, as long as Samson was in covenant relationship with God, whether it was vines or ropes or hair woven in a loom, as long as he was in covenant with God, there was nothing the enemy could do. As long as he was positioned for the purpose God created him for, there was nothing the enemy could do to bring Samson down. And as long as I remain in covenant with God, as long as I stay positioned for his purpose for my life, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. Now, I told you last week, you're going to get irritated by the preacher sometimes. I'm either going to annoy you today or I'm going to anoint you. But you can't sleep around and be anointed at the same time. Delilah's bet, Delilah's wager was that Samson's infatuation with her seductive ways would bring him to a place that he would break covenant, that he would share his secret, that he would be so blinded by his lust and his selfish desire that he would break his vow. And then Delilah knew the moment he breaks his vow, the moment he breaks his commitment, the moment he shares with me his secret, then I will destroy him. He's going to be so consumed by his carnal appetite that he will veto his vow. How many of you remember those vows you made to the Lord when he first saved you? Lord, if you'll save me, I'll serve you with all of my heart. Lord, if you save me, I promise you, I'll be in the house of God every time the doors are open. Uh, Lord, if you'll save me from my sin. uh, Lord, if you'll turn this situation around. uh, If you'll deliver me, oh God, from the dilemma that I got myself into. I promise you, I'll be the most radical worshiper in church. uh, And we make those vows. Uh, But after a little while, if we're not careful, uh, Delilah begins to entice us. And we become just another man sitting on another pew in another church. He'll be so consumed by his carnal appetite that he will veto his vow. We know the story. Delilah was right. Her wager that the sinful appetite of Samson would lead him to breaking the covenant with God proved pay off and I would love today to be in a righteous position where I could shake my head and I could wag my finger at Samson I'd love to be able to hang my head and look down my nose at Samson, but the truth is that I cannot, because there have been times that I too, like Samson, have broken my vow unto the Lord. There have been times I said, God, if you'll save me from this circumstance, I promise you I'll worship you all the days of my life, but there have been days, Brother Alberti, that I have not worshipped him, that I have not given him glory, that I have been consumed by my own abilities and so I can't shake my head at Samson there have been times that I like Samson have broken my vows unto the Lord, that I have stepped outside of my covenant with the Almighty. In Romans seven twenty one, Paul says it's a law. Paul said that when I would do good, Delilah is right there with me. That when I would keep my covenant, it's like a law that Delilah is enticing me. And when I would do good, i do the evil instead. I know self-righteous folk in the house are buttoning up their jackets now. Actually, nobody is. That's a good sign. Because we've all been there. We made covenants. God, I'll never. Lord, I will never. God, if you'll do this, then I will always... I promise you, Lord, if you'll do that, then I will always. And every one of us, like Samson and like Paul, declared it. It's a law that when I know Delilah's what's out to kill me, I still run back to her house anyhow. Even though I remember the last time I was there, she bound me up in ropes and meant for my destruction. And even though I know Delilah is out to destroy me, I can't resist the allurement of Delilah. It's a law. The Bible says that as Samson slept, Delilah calls for a man to come in. And that man begins to shave off the seven locks of Samson's hair. And when that seventh lock of Samson's hair falls to the ground, the Bible says his strength goes from him. There are commentaries that would suggest today that when that seventh lock hit the floor and they began to afflict Samson and they began to imprison him, there are some commentaries that say that Delilah felt remorse in her spirit, that she looked upon the plight of Samson and she wished she could go back and undo her betrayal. I don't think Bible backs this up. Because the Bible says that before the Philistines could begin to afflict him, Delilah began to afflict him herself. She had been waiting for this moment, whispering in one ear that I love you, but just waiting for the moment that she could afflict him. Some of you right now, the devil is afflicting you, and you wonder why, and you wonder how, because you were deceived. Even as I preach today, there are those of you that can't wait to get back out those doors and go back to living in sin because you think Delilah actually loves you. But I promise you the first chance Delilah gets, she's going to say, Stand back, Philistines. I know you've been waiting to afflict him, but I've been waiting longer than you have. I've been waiting for this moment that I could bring pain to him. I've been waiting for this moment. Because Samson, your pain is my payday. Your distress is my delight. I get no joy out of seeing children of God come back into church with their head hanging low because now Delilah is afflicting them. I get no joy out of watching young ladies bearing the reproach and the shame as they bear children out of wedlock. I get no joy out of that. But I'm watching a Delilah that is afflicting a people. Your distress is my delight. And the Philistines took him. They bound him and they plucked his eyes from the eye sockets. And the deal that Delilah had made with the Philistines was now coins jingling in Delilah's purse. Samson was ruined, he was the laughing stock of the Philistines. His strength was gone from him. His anointing, listen, child of God, uh, I'm preaching to somebody here today. Delilah told you that she loves you. uh, That new job that's keeping you out of church told you that it loves you. uh, That education that won't let you get to the house of God told you that it loves you. uh, That big house that since God blessed you with it, you can't seem to make it to church, uh, told you that it loves you. uh, But I'm telling you, Delilah can't wait uh, until the moment uh, that she can afflict you. Power was gone. Delilah had won. And Samson, I I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now because I'm preaching to some Samson's in the room that you are in the midst of affliction that you didn't have to go through because you've been deceived by the lies of Delilah. You listen to the the fluttering eyelashes of Delilah and the the, the sultry lips of Delilah telling you that she loved you and you came to a place and now you're being afflicted and guilt and shame are your companions and Delilah has won and you have lost. Uh, But there was one small factor That Delilah had failed to consider. Because it's on the day that is spoken of in Judges chapter 16 verse 23. A day of celebration and festivities a day that they would begin, the Philistines would begin to celebrate that their god Dagon had delivered Samson into their hands and I believe from reading the context of this passage brother Roberts that it's very possible and maybe even likely, I can't preach it as a gospel truth but I would say based upon the context it's probable that Delilah was in the house that night because the same five rulers of the Philistines that told Delilah we will reward you with a thousand one hundred pieces of silver when Samson Samson is afflicted. They were in the house and they were celebrating the demise of Samson. And I'm sure that at least the invitation had been passed along to Delilah. Join us as we afflict this one that you helped us to imprison. And as the crowd gathers to laugh, to scorn, and to humiliate as the devil does every time a child of God falls into sin. You think the devil is rooting for you and cheering for you. I promise you, the moment that you take the fruit and you bite of it, the enemy that has been seducing you turns around and begins to accuse you, begins to use weapons of guilt and shame and tell you God could never use you again, and God is finished with you. And as they gathered and they laughed and they scorned Samson, they celebrated that this once powerful Samson, this once anointed man of God, this once man that was appointed to deliver Israel from the Philistines, now he is a stumbling fool. There's no eyes in his head. He can't see where he's going. He's bald. He's been shorn. His covenant has been depleted and his vow has been broken. Samson, who had defied the vow, His covenant with God when he shared the secret of his uncut hair. But there was one small factor that Delilah had failed to consider. It looked like the game was over and Delilah rushes onto the field to celebrate. It's over now. I've afflicted Samson. It's over now. Samson is imprisoned. It's over now. He'll never be anointed. It's over now. He'll never be used of God. But look at at Judges chapter 16, verse 22. The Bible says, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. The hair on his head began to grow again after he had broken covenant with God, after he had broken his vow, after he had walked away from God. And I believe... Allow me just to use my imagination. Again, this is not preaching gospel right from the scripture. I'm just using my imagination a little bit. But as Samson puts his hands between those pillars uh, from a distance, Delilah is peeking in uh, and she notices something that begins to trouble her. Uh, Wait a second, uh, there's something wrong there. Uh, I see the hair is growing once again. Uh, I see the covenant has been restored uh, and the vow has been renewed. Uh, The anointing is back. Uh, The anointing is back. the hand of God is back the mercy of God after he was shaven the hair began to grow again after he had failed God the hand of God was there again after I'm preaching to somebody in this building. The enemy has told you that God could never use you. The enemy has afflicted you. The same enemy that shaved those locks from your head is there every day reminding you of your failure. But Samson's hair began to grow again. I feel like the enemy ran onto the field too soon. I feel like the marching band got on the field too soon. The game's not over. Devil, you thought you had me. Devil, you thought you destroyed me. You thought when I broke my vow and I broke my commitment, you thought that God was finished with me. But the hair began to grow. Stand with me if you would. There are people here today and the adversary knows That you have broken your vows. You have disavowed your covenant. He knows that you have gone back on your promises and you've reneged on your commitment. He's already begun afflicting you over your failure. The enemy thinks that your failure is final. The enemy thinks that your destruction is decided. The marching band has made their way on the field. It looks like it's over because you disobeyed God. Because you broke the, the limitations of your vow. Because you broke the, cons- the the consecration and the commitment that you made with God. Yes, I've come today to say this. Yes, I fell. But no, I am not finished. Yes, I was knocked down. But no, I'm not staying down. Yes, I was knocked down. But no, I am not de- defeated. Yes. 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 I've let God down, but I'm so thankful that he won't let me give up. And as Delilah and that crowd gathered and began to afflict Samson, as she gathered those 5,500 silver coins in her purse, one thing she failed to overlook was the mercy of the Lord. I've come today to tell somebody the mercy of the Lord endures forever. He is not finished with you. He's not given up on you. He's not turned his back on you. Rejoice not against me, oh, my enemy. When I fall, come on, there's mercy in this house today. The devil is saying God is finished with you. But I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house. And God is saying, I'm not finished with you. Samson, I will cause your hair to grow again. I wonder if there's anybody in this building that would walk down to this altar. never failed the Lord this altar call you can wait till next Sundays this one doesn't apply if you've never walked into church and said oh God I'll never only to turn around and do it again if you've ever made a vow and said God if you'll just work this out I promise you I will always only to turn around and forget that covenant I want you to come I want you to come with hands raised because the game's not over. I don't want you hanging your head in defeat because the game's not over. I know the marching field, the marching band is on the field. I know the coach is throwing up his hands in victory. I know, I know it looks like the other team thinks the game is over. The clock strikes zero. The team thinks, the enemy thinks you've been defeated, but I'm telling you right now, Delilah forgot. uh, Delilah forgot about the mercy of the Lord. Uh, I know, Delilah, all you can remember is the day that the razor went through my scalp uh, and those locks fell to the ground and I broke my covenant. But, Delilah, don't you forget that that the mercy of the Lord is forever. Uh, He is rich in mercy. Would you raise your hands right now? God is not finished. God is not finished with you please please don't miss out today please don't sit back and say well pastor if you knew how bad I blew it pastor if you knew what I had done you wouldn't be preaching this today I've gone too far this time Oh, oh, no, 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 you haven't gone too far because Samson's hair began to grow again after his head had been shaven, after he had failed the Lord, after he had broken his vow, after he had broken his commitment, his hair began to grow again. Anointing began to rise again. Strength began to come again. Come on, raise your hands up right now. My failure is not final. don't deny it yes I failed the Lord but I refuse to be defeated I refuse to stay down when God is saying get back up again I refuse to lay there defeated when God is saying get up one more time there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I want you to reach over and pray for your neighbor right now. There are people here today that the enemy, Delilah, seduced you. She allured you and brought you to a place that you broke your vow. You walked away from God. You failed him and you let him down. And now the enemy is telling you it's over. God is finished with you. Your best days are behind you. But let me read the end of the story of Samson's life for you. The Bible tells me that Samson's greatest victory was yet ahead of him. That in his death, his victory was greater than all the victories before. God is not finished with you. Your greatest victories have not yet been accomplished. so you can sit there and let Delilah afflict you if you want to or you can stand up on your feet and say Delilah let me remind you of the mercies of the Lord you can sit there and let Delilah tell you that you're worthless and God can't use you or you can stand up on your feet and let anointing start flowing in this house let anointing start pouring into that broken vessel once again i feel the holy ghost moving in this building right now some of you haven't felt the anointing for a while some of you feel so disconnected from the purpose god has for your life but samson's hair began to grow again Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going away you cheats. i am going away